Hey everyone, welcome back to the Eminem Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host Chase McCallum. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to break down today. I think it's been it's been about a week since we recorded. Uh, actually, under that, I think six days. We recorded last Monday morning, and then Monday night, of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins felt they had to go ahead and make a big trade that we couldn't talk about on the podcast. So I figured that's what we will start off with here. Uh, so the Pittsburgh Penguins and Minnesota Wild made a trade. Pittsburgh sent Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, Kalen Addison and a 2020 first round draft pick to Minnesota and in return Minnesota sent over Jason Zucker. Jason Zucker still has I believe three more years after this one on his contract at 5.5 million dollars for a cap hit. Um, this is an interesting deal and one that it's a deadline deal but it's not a rental by any means. There's No one's got three years left. Three and a half years or like if you include this one three and a half years and it's an interesting trade. I, I think the initial reaction was people thought it was a lot because they watched Kale and Addison play uh, in the World Juniors, and I think that can sometimes overhype people. Yeah, I don't really. He, is, he has like strong he, numbers in junior. Yeah, so like there's a reason why. He looks like a good prospect. Like I mean, and there's also a reason why you make the Canada World Junior team. I think in a bunch in the first place, but yeah, uh, like he's not some throwaway. Prospect. No, not at all. Well, he was the. I guess probably the biggest piece, and, and then the mystery box of the 2020 first rounder. Galchenyuk was in here for just a salary filler. We can get into that in a little bit, but uh, your thoughts on the trade for both Minnesota and Pittsburgh? I really like it for Minnesota. I don't really see how anyone could dislike it for Minnesota. They are not a great hockey team. They got a first-round pick. They got a good young prospect and a salary that expires immediately. Zucker is a very good player, but like the Minnesota Wild aren't doing anything with Jason Zucker this year. No, I, I think, yeah, I think you're right about Minnesota. I, I don't know how you can dislike this return, really, for them. I think this is, uh, they've acknowledged they need to rebuild, and this is exactly what they should be doing. Yeah, this is a great move. Um, you're not going to be able to move Parise. You just signed Zuccarello to that contract, and they both have full no moves. So maybe you could move Zuccarello, but I doubt it. Uh, you know, you have to decide. You now have Galchenyuk, which maybe if you retain and flip, you might be able to get something. But, again, we're gonna, we'll talk about him. He's really not... Yeah. Great. You have Victor Rask on a not good contract. Uh, you have Eric Stahl with two years, a year and a half left. Kevin Fiala, maybe that's a name you move. But you know you're stuck into. And then on the defensive end of things, there's been crazy rumors about Matt Dumba and Jonas Brodeen and stuff like that. But you know I, I get not wanting to sell on those guys because they're 25 and 26. But like if you're gonna rebuild this team, it's almost like what option do you have? Because you just signed Jared Spurgeon to a eight year deal. Yeah, that's the thing. They're not. Like, this team isn't going anywhere. No. Everybody, they're like, it's like a running joke that they're like the ninth or 10th best team in the West every year or whatever it seems to be. Like, they're just the definition of mediocre. So I'm really glad that they didn't talk them because they're only, what, five points out of a playoff spot? Yeah. And yeah. they just fired their coach. Which was nuts, but. Uh, yeah. And we'll get into that, I guess, too. Uh, for Pittsburgh. I think it makes enough sense. Uh, I think Jason Zucker's a perfect fit for them. Um, I really like this move for the Penguins too. Um, I, I get it's a lot to give up, but at the same time, when Kalen or when Kalen Addison's ready to play for the Pittsburgh Penguins, they might not be in a competing core like they are right now. Yeah, that's a th- like Malkin's thirty three, Sid's thirty two. Like you're taking your last swings, probably. Yeah, here even the- even if you have say two or three more seasons. Jason Zucker for two or three more seasons is a good enough investment that instead of Kalen Ad- or yeah Kalen Addison for in years four, five, and six or whatever that yeah. you're worried about, right? So yeah. Zucker's older than I thought. He is twenty eight, so it's not like 
he's probably going to be getting worse, but like he's good enough that he can decline too. Yeah, I mean, he's having a bit of a down year this year, but already he went to Pittsburgh and he's playing again along Crosby's wing, and he has two goals in two games already. Oh yeah, you know he's going to put up like forty-five points. Yeah. in Pittsburgh, he's probably going to score more points in Pittsburgh than he did in Minnesota. Yeah, and the the thing that uh, I think most people, including myself, like about Zucker is. You know, defense is kind of hard to measure, but by all defensive metrics we have, he's a really solid defensive player, and putting that alongside Sidney Crosby of all players. Yeah. And he's a guy who just hasn't had a bunch of scoring luck either, but again, when you're playing with Sidney Crosby, who's the best player, or second best player, I guess, in the world, uh, it's going to be pretty easy to find open looks for the back of the net, so. Exactly. Yeah, I think this is a. I think this is as close to you, as you're going to get to a hockey deal, quote unquote. Yep. Uh, I think it makes total sense for both sides, and I can see why both teams wanted to do this. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, yeah, I think this is a really good trade. I, I like it. Yeah, I, I really like it for Minnesota. They get a, an interesting package to to put forward here, and I, good on them for acknowledging that they have to rebuild here. Um, and for Pittsburgh, I, I think they. Are they maybe needs another piece on the blue line if possible, but they are up. They've got to be up there with your cup favorites, I would assume. I think that, they are the second best team in the league. Yeah. After this trade, I say they got to be in the top five for anyone for 100%. cup favorites. I think. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then when you look at it for Minnesota, we have Alex Galchenyuk going back the other way, and he has just been. Kind of Bad. amazing how quickly his sort of like star fell. Yeah. Well, he had the thirty goal season back in like fifteen sixteen, and he just. He hasn't done anything since then, and for a while it was like, in Montreal, it was, okay, like, they're trying to force this dude to be a center, he's just very clearly not a center, but even in Arizona, he had 41 points in 72 games, that's not awful, but he's been one of the worst defensive players in the league. Yeah, that's the thing, like, everybody chirps, like, statistical models when they say, hey, look, maybe Alex Ovechkin's overrated because he sucks defensively, but, like, um, Galchenyuk's that kind of player defensively, but also just doesn't give you nearly enough offensively that teams no. are willing to put up with it. He has 17 points in 45 games this year, and the 48 now, I guess, with Minnesota. And it's like, he's been one of the worst defensive players in the entire league. Like, it's just... And that's been running for a pretty long time. Yeah, like, too. if you go and look at his Rapham charts from um, uh, Evolving Hockey, it's like, he's this year, he's all in the negative, like, almost two standard deviations for every uh, defensive metric. And then when you look at the three-season count, it's even worse. He's almost off the chart for expected goals against per 60 and Corsi against per 60. Yeah, like he's just, he's one of the few players that he would have to be so freaking good offensively because he's just actively Bad. terrible he's horrible. And even the past three years, he hasn't been good at 5v5 offensively no. either. He's just he's, good on the power play. I say his only bright spot's on the power play, which maybe you could find a spot for that on your fourth line, but like... It's just he makes way too much to justify that, right? So, yeah, exactly. There's if, like there's some value there if you could use him properly, but like the Sam Gagne kind of mold yeah. from Columbus a couple of years ago, where it was like you plug and play him on your fourth line, and but you can play on your power play. I think you could maybe try and test something like that out, but at the price tag he's at, obviously it just had to be salary filler. And yeah. I don't know, maybe Minnesota retains fifty percent and. Tries to flip him back the other way, but... Yeah, do you think there'd be a market for him at the deadline? 
Uh, I don't know. Like it's such a weak trade deadline that maybe some team would be like, "Oh yeah, yeah. second unit power play. This will be the spark that." I feel like he wouldn't pick up more than like a fifth round pick or something. Like I, I feel like it would be a really low market. But if you're Minnesota, like what do you have to lose, right? Yeah, he's got one year. Left. Yeah, I say he's just a like he expires at the end of this year. It's like you're you can retain on him. He was a salary filler in a trade where you already got a solid prospect and a first round pick for. What what do you have to lose to just even if you got a seventh round pick, you may as well do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Exactly. And anything more than nothing. Yeah. And I don't. I don't know if there is a market for him. Like, I don't know. Like, could you see Boston maybe taking a flyer on him for the fourth line or something? Because any team basically that was in on Kovalchuk, I could see being in on him. Yeah. Because he should probably be used in a similar sort of. He's worse than Kovalchuk, I think. Now. Yeah. But like, especially given what we've seen since he's got to Montreal, but like. Teams who were trying to acquire Kovalchuk out of L.A. You would say all the same things about Galchenyuk, right? Exactly. It's like you, you shouldn't be giving up much for him, but it's one of those things where it's like if you give up even the fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick, and yeah, it's under that the stipulation that he knows if it's not working out after 10 games, he's going to the press box and not playing again. Um, I, I don't really see any yeah, issue with that funny. personally. So uh, Yeah, then we got the Bruce Boudreaux firing. Uh, this was a little surprising just because... If it hadn't happened now, I wasn't expecting it to happen, really. But yeah, that was like this has been rumored forever, but I just didn't see it coming on February twelfth or yeah. whatever day it was. Like it seemed kind of random. Um, I guess like from a tanking standpoint, <laughs> it makes sense. Like yeah, if you, you know want... this team's gonna suck for three years, maybe taking one of the best coaches off of it's not the worst thing to try and help you. But like you're not getting a better coach than Bruce Boudreaux, but no. He's also been with them for years now, and maybe he just outwore his welcome a little bit. But also, like, he's gotten way more out of this team for years now than That's I think he probably should have. I uh, I have a pet theory. Like, there's a lot of dudes on Minnesota that if you look at their RAPM or whatever, or any of type of defensive metric, you're going to see they have fantastic results. And I have a feeling a whole bunch of those are going to end up coming back. Yeah, I, I think w- Boudreaux's system was a decent jump. Yeah, back. I would say so too, but also, like, if you just hire as assistant coach, is the system going to change that much this year? Probably not. Yeah, that's true. So, like, I don't know. Like, it, it seems like one of those things where I think it was kind of obvious that they're not going to win this transaction, but maybe it's a needed transaction just to try and move forward as a rebuilding team instead of being a team that finishes 18th in the league every year, or, you know, 16th and then gets destroyed in the first round. Yeah, he's also not Garen's guy. Yeah, so, yeah, I was going to say, so now he'll go find his spot. Um, It'll be interesting to see how they approach it. Uh, He's got a lot of, you know, I listed off some of the players. He's got some interesting names to work with, I guess, but... He threatened the players publicly, too. Yeah, well, he was like... (laughs) After the Zucker trade? He said something about, I'm going to see if they're willing to work or something like that. But if not, there's going to be more trades. Exactly, so, like, I don't know. But then also, it's like, if you're pulling the plug on your coach and one of your best players, it's like, okay, well... Why should we be willing to work if you're clearly not willing to work for us? But Yeah, like they're punting and it's smart. But Yeah, it is. But yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like if you're a player, you're going, okay, why is our GM threatening us? We're not the one actively selling off assets here. Like, yeah, like if I'm Matt Zuccarello and I have a $30 million contract that's not going anywhere, I could see why you maybe wouldn't be super motivated to give it your all this year. Exactly. And it's like I also just like... I don't know, they're in a playoff race. That's like They're five points out now, but it's like they've been right around the playoff bubble all year. I don't really believe the whole thing of like 
before the trade happened, these players were just super unmotivated to not make the play or to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. Like it's like no, we're just actively trying to not make the playoffs. Well, it's amazing how highly correlated effort seems to be with team save percentage. Yes, exactly. So because the goalies have been terrible. Yeah, I think that's the biggest root of the problem, rather than anything that. Bruce Boudreau was going to do. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I guess we should move on to some more news. Uh, this one is unfortunately pretty serious. Uh, Jay Bomeister collapsed on the bench oh, shit, yeah. a couple nights ago. Um, it kind of sounds like his uh, hockey career may be over. I believe he had something put in his chest or heart. Yes. I'm not even, I, I apologize, I don't even know what the official diagnosis was, but uh, it was very serious, clearly. They postponed the game. Um, I think a lot of people have said this already, but I, I want to also reemphasize it. I think it's uh, it doesn't get uh, one of the you know hockey gets shit on a lot and rightfully so. But one of the things that they do do very well is um, make sure that there's the proper procedures in place for when something like this happens because it has happened before. Yeah. Um. You know the Rich Peverly thing too. But it was like those like the Anaheim training staff was right on what was happening with him within literally a minute to make sure and like it might may have saved his life. So yeah. it's one, know, right? it's one and they have, you know, you have like defibrillators and everything in every arena in OHL, AHL and NHL. It's one of the few things that I think hockey really gets right compared to other sports. Um, they had a protocol and it's not just, Oh, well we have a protocol, but you know, half the people don't know what to do. It's no, you're trained to know exactly what to do when something like this happens. Yeah. So, and it's good to see like the, obviously this is one of those moments where it's like the, like this is way more important than a game. So it's good to see like the Anaheim. Yeah. No one, yeah, no one complained about it. Just like being canceled either. Like, and even though it ruins the schedule and stuff like that. That was a good move. I couldn't imagine it would fuck with you so much if you're sitting on the bench. Oh yeah. Imagine, imagine trying to be a player of either team really. Like not even just like your teammate, but imagine the guys that you've played against for years and years. Cause Bowmeister has been in the league forever. Yeah. Imagine he just collapse on the bench and you have no idea about his health. Yeah, like, it would mess with you enough, even if you didn't know who he was. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure he's got close friends on the team and whatnot. That would be so freaking jarring. It was really good of them to just cancel the game. Exactly. So This um, is way more important than... For uh, Bowmeister, you know, you just hope that he can be okay. And, you know, I'm sure he'll find an assistant coaching job or an office job if that's what he wants. I... Oh, yeah, he seems like the kind of guy that can stick in hockey if oh, he yes. wants to. Um, I highly doubt he will be back playing again. I hope, just for his safety, that unless they're, like, 100% sure, he doesn't come back. Um, He's old, too, which yeah. does not help. Um, like, it come back anyways. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, the guy's 36 years old. He's on a... This is the last year of his deal anyways, yeah. so... Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's a scary... It's a scary thing. Yeah. Um, but it, it's good to see that all the precautions were put in place to know how to handle this, and it, all the reports right now is that he's doing much better, so that's good to hear. Um, yeah. Uh, let's get... We have a pair of suspensions I want to get to. Uh, the first one is Zach Cassian got seven games for literally kicking a dude in the chest. This was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. What possible defense do you have to this? And of course the league... So I defend Department of Player Safety, I think, more than most people, but... What on earth do you think giving seven games to a guy who just got three? He just came back from yeah. three a month ago, literally a month ago from the time that it happened. He was given a three-game suspension for ragdolling a dude to the ice. Now he literally kicks a dude. And don't even get me started on the Edmonton media with David Staples carrying so much water for that team going, oh, I don't know, like, are we sure he kicked him? Like, I, I haven't seen a definitive angle yet. It's like, it doesn't matter. It should be the intent. Yeah, like, you're... 
kicking someone with a knife on your foot, if they suspended him for 82 games, I'd be like, yeah, I accept that. Like, that's... He should have been gone for at least 12 games, probably more. He got fewer games than you get in an 18-game minor hockey season yeah, for trying if to you, kick someone. If you try to kick someone in minor hockey, I think it's an automatic 10, and then they put more on depending how vicious it yeah. was. Fife got a season. Yeah, exactly. So it's like... Like, come on, seven games, and you know what their explanation was? It wasn't more because the guy didn't get hurt. They said the quiet part out loud. Yeah, there. it's like, what do you, like, come on, that's such a chicken shit thing to do. Oh yeah, this was ridiculous. Imagine if one of these scenarios happens where someone does get kicked and they get kicked straight in the neck and they're bleeding out on the ice and you go, oh shoot, well we don't have any protocols in place because we didn't try to stop this the last time that it happened. That's the worst thing, because like... It's one thing when people are taking headshots. Obviously, there are, like, long-term repercussions with why you'd want to get that out of the game. But, like, kicking someone can kill them on the spot, essentially. It's kicking them with a literal blade on your yeah. skate. Like, I just, I can't believe I have to explain this. Yeah, like, this could kill people. Yeah, and they're like, well, it wasn't hard. I don't care that it wasn't yeah. hard. He kicked the dude. And yeah, it, like, there's a reason you're not allowed to kick the puck when it's in the crease. Because it's dangerous. people recognize that knives around necks are... Yeah, or hands or, or fingers anything, or whatever, yeah. right? So just being able to kick a dude while he's on the ice, or, like, while you're both on the ice, seems like something you should want to get completely out of your game. Yeah. And it makes it even worse that Zach Cassian, of all people, a guy who just got suspended a month ago. It's like, if that's... You want a prime example of why your pity-ass suspensions don't do shit all. Yeah. That is it right there. Yeah, this was ridiculous this was like the biggest they get ripped on all the time and there's some good reasons to do it more often than not but this was maybe the most like egregious screw up they've had absolutely in brutal. a really long time absolutely brutal i only had one person one idiot in my mention saying what you wanted more than seven games come on dude which i knew i was gonna have a couple there's but... always gonna be one guy yeah so that moves us to evander kane he gets three games for elbowing, uh, I don't even know who it was, but he elbowed someone in the head, and he ripped off on uh, Department of Player Safety. Um, I also, I'll, I'll read the statement out first. Uh, so he said, he put out my statement on Twitter. He said, the fact that NHL Department of Player Safety, headed by George Paros, continue to pick and choose who and what they suspend is ridiculous. There have been countless incidents of the same nature through the season and past seasons that have gone unsuspended or fined. No one person can tell you what is or isn't a suspension in today's game. It has become a complete guess. There's a major lack of consistency with the NHL Department of Player Safety, a completely flawed system in so many ways. From the suspension to appeal rights, it's baffling to me how we as players agreed to this. You can't continue to give some players a pass and throw the books at others. There has to be an outside third party making these decisions to remove the bias that transpires in the department headed by George Peros. None of it makes any sense. So... I think he raised some good points. I think he raised a lot of good points. But it also couldn't come from, like, a worse source after yeah. he was just suspended. This is, like, like rightfully or wrongfully, Evander Kane's known as one of the most dirty players and sneaky dirty. It's not like he's just trying to kill people, but it's like he's been suspended, I think, three times or something like that in the past couple of years. Like, And so he has, like... So the biggest one was Charlie McAvoy took an elbow straight to the face yeah. the other night. The exact same play that Evander Kane had. Zero games, not even a penalty, compared to three games. And, like, so... Two wrongs me, don't make a right. Yeah, so it's like, you should... Like, Kane should still be suspended, but it's also, like... Yeah, where, why is it just a pick-and-choose kind of thing when it comes to suspensions here? Or it's like, you know, the wheel of discipline. Do you get a fine, or do you get a couple games? Yeah. Um... So, and then he went on to quote tweet a couple one. The one was, I have a couple thoughts about the Zdeno Chara cross-check as well, uh, but he's, Zdeno 
Jara cross-checked Gallagher in the face. He goes, but I thought this was a one-game playoff suspension. No. And then uh, it was the one where McAvoy got elbowed in the head. He's like, but this doesn't get anything? Tell me what the difference is, please. And then I think someone tweeted at him as well. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he deleted that tweet. There was a third one. He that deleted he, one. Yeah. Gregor quote tweeted him, and I tried to click on what yeah. Gregor was talking about, and it was just deleted. Yeah, there was a third one that someone like put at him. He's like, what do you mean? This is supposed to be like six games or whatever, right? Um, so the Chara-Gallagher thing, I this is not good, and I don't know how Gallagher got the penalty out of this yeah, and everything, ridiculous. but like, I don't. why is this what set everyone off about Department of Player Safety? It was dirty. Sure, but like it also, like, and it's Chara. Like, yeah, like really... Chara. Yeah, people don't like it because Chara's never been suspended, which is definitely wrong. There's yeah. no way Chara should be uh, not suspended by this point in his career. The thing is, it's like people are acting like he just he saw Gallagher lined up his head and smoked it against the boards. I think the dude was just cross checking, and then he realized how short Gallagher, which doesn't make it right, obviously. But like, I was just mind blown that this is what set everyone off about Department of Player Safety. Yeah, like it was bad, but like. There's been worse. There was worse. Like I thought that this on McAvoy was way worse. Yep. Lawson Krause just he elbowed him straight in the head. He brings his elbow up. Yeah, elbow like... all the way up, not even close to the shoulder. It's just straight inside of the head. I thought that was worse than what Char. Like, and obviously again, two wrongs don't make a right. But like I just thought like Charles just looked to me like a bad play that is like his stick got away from him. Like I don't think he was trying to destroy the guy's neck or anything. And if you want to give that a game, I'm totally fine yeah, you with can that. But it's just like, I was so baffled on why this is what set everyone off. It was odd that that's where everybody draw the line. Because, but, like, yeah, it was bad, but... Like, there's worse. Like, there's yeah. definitely been worse. And then, yeah, I don't know. Like, I have a big issue with the Zach Cassidy and suspension. The fact that that's only seven games is absolutely pathetic. Yeah, but, that was the worst thing they've done in a long time, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then, um, I don't know. I don't have much more to say about the King thing. I think he makes some good points, but yeah, it... The, the point gets lost a little bit when it comes on from him because it's like, okay, you're making it sound like you shouldn't be suspended for that and you absolutely yeah, should have exactly. been suspended for that. So, um, speaking of the San Jose Sharks, though, Eric Carlson done for the year. Yeah, that was sad. That sucks. That sucks. Um, Ottawa, this is the worst possible season for San Jose. Best case scenario. Best for case for Ottawa. Game. I mean, you don't really, like, I don't want to see Carlson hurt at all. This kind of feels to me like one of those things where it's like, feel like you could play through a broken thumb if you want, but the way this season's going, it's like, why, why bother? Just you? let this guy get healthy. Especially when Carlson seems to be hurt all the time recently, so just yeah. take some time off. Exactly. See if you can, because you get, just gave him a mega contract. See if you can... And he declined this year. Like, he was still good. He's not the liability everyone seems to think, but he went much closer just like an average first-pairing guy than he was an elite top-five defenseman. Yeah, he's not peak Eric Carlson at the moment, which is kind of sad, but it's also like you should be worried about trying to get him back to peak Eric Carlson rather than being like, you have to play through this broken thumb. Exactly, right? And it's like, yeah, you look at his, his charts, and they're not they're not bad by any means. Like he's kind of classic Eric Carlson, great offensively, although the puck hasn't gone in, where, but he has a problem with quality against Yeah, him. He's exactly. He's always had that problem. Yeah, so... I don't know. I think it's fine to shut him down. Um, uh, who else is out for them? Uh, is it Timo Meyer? He is uh, Logan Couture's on IR. And Thomas Hurdle's on Her- LTI. Hurdle, Hurdle just got done for the season, yeah, right? Yeah. That so, was the big one. I say that's it's a rough. You know, if Couture on IR, Carlson on IR, Hurdle on LTIR, it's, uh, Kane's now suspended for three games. It's a rough... And they uh, weren't good to begin with. No, and they, they suck to begin with, so... It'll be interesting to see if Joe Thornton wants to move anywhere. I hope so. I, I know at the beginning him. of the year he was kind of just like, 
no, if I'm playing, I'm playing with San Jose, but, like, I don't, like, I wonder if this season maybe changed, like, imagine him going back to Boston or something like That'd that. Cool. I mean, I know, as a Leaf fan, he probably wouldn't like that, but just, like, the whole... Just as a hockey fan. It'd yeah. Cool to see Joe Thornton on a team, like, contending for a cup again. Yeah, it'd just be cool to see, yeah, any team, but, like, even Boston, just the full circle thing, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see. The other injury I want to bring up quickly was Connor McDavid, um... He is oh, yeah. out. He, yeah, he is out two to three weeks, but they're hoping quote hoping for less. Uh, this is an interesting one because it was like they called it a quad injury, but it was like people are really scared that's the same knee that he hurt in the off season. Like if I was an Oilers fan, that would worry me. Yeah, and so now the question's kind of like, okay, if he um, uh, if they lied to us before in the summer about how bad it was. Because, like, by all accounts, when when he got hurt, it was like, oh, yeah, no, it's not good, but, like, he'll be totally fine. And it's like, it sounded like this dude could have been out for the entire season if he would have got surgery. And, like, if the rehab wouldn't have gone correctly, he would have been out for the entire season. Yeah. So, like, it's like, well, okay, well, why are you telling us the truth now? But I, I don't know. I kind of feel like the, this isn't something you want to lie about in season. No, I would hope not. Yeah, like, I, I usually they shoot for way high, you know, usually it's six to eight weeks, and everyone goes, wow, how's he come back in this from five weeks later, right? Yeah. Like, what a hero, but it's like, yeah, well, the original diagnosis was probably something closer to four to six weeks, and they moved it up a couple just to play it safe, right? Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully for Edmonton's sake, he can get back soon. Um, I haven't seen too many of the games since he got out, but the first game they played, Dryside will put up four points, I want to say. He's doing his Malkin thing. Yeah, so that, that will be really interesting to see... Uh, if that can continue. Um, and it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do around the trade deadline, too, because they're right in that playoff hunt for the division lead, too. Like They're in a, that weird spot that we talked about last week, because, like, say McDavid being out cost them two points. That could be the difference between, like, being a division leader and almost not yeah. making the playoffs. And... Like, it's that tight in the Pacific right now. Um, you have the Canucks, 69 points, 58 games. Nice. Edmonton, yeah, 58-68. Sorry, 68-58, sorry. Golden Knights have 68 and 60. Uh, Flames have 66 and 60. The Coyotes have 66 and 61. So there's three points within five teams there. Yeah. And, you know, a couple games in hand for some and whatnot. But, like, yeah, Edmonton, if they lose their next two games to put them at 60 points, or to put them at 60 games played, they would have two or three teams right there right, 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 waiting to pass them. So um, you need to hope that he gets back as soon as possible. They beat the Panthers 4-1 last night. Uh, they lost the Lightning 3-1 in a decent game. It's also the red-hot Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, and they beat the Blackhawks 5-3. So, 2-1 and one so far without them. They have the Hurricanes, the Bruins, the Wild, the Kings, the Ducks. So, two of those games. The Hurricane and Bruins is a little tough, but the Wild, Kings, and Ducks are all very it's winnable nice games. So, I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that and what they do on the trade deadline. Uh, to me, this is kind of like a team where obviously you shouldn't be mortgaging the future to go in for this year, but like they'll probably buy. I don't think buying on a winger is the worst idea I've ever heard. If you can find someone some speed, I said last week I really thought it would be stupid if they buy. If they bought like a Jason Zucker, like if you're getting term, on yeah, a that's winger, true. Then that would be yeah. a lot more stomachable to me than I don't just a like. Pure if they picked rental. up like Tyler Ennis for a fifth round pick or a fourth round pick, that'd I wouldn't. Be fine. I don't think that'd be the dumbest thing in the world because like. Yeah, it's like, you. this obviously isn't the best team, but also the Pacific is super weak, and there's no one who should, like, scare you, scare you. Like, Vegas is very Vegas good, scares me. but, like, I think Marc-Andre Fleury has been garbage this year. Yeah, he's... So, like, if you... Like, he's been horrible. He's remembered who he was at the start of the decade. <laughs> yeah, so it's like... Like, even Vegas, and, you know, like, I think Vancouver's a pretty solid team, too, but they're not... It's not like you're 
matching up against. Vancouver's not actually that great. They have no, really strong signs at the start of the season, but they're pretty much back to old Vancouver. Yeah, at this but point. they're just like fine. But like that's, that's what I mean. Like they're and, and yeah, exactly. And they have a good like talented team, but it's like. It's and not got it, great goaltending. Yeah, it's not like St. Louis is waiting for you, or on the other side, it's not like Boston, Boston Tampa, Tampa, or Tampa, Washington, Toronto, and Pittsburgh are sitting yeah. there for you, right? Like, you have an easy, not an easy path, but you have a path where you can see they have how the they, easiest. Yes, path. how you can make a run to the conference finals, and you know if adding a speedy winger or two to try and play with McDavid or give you some depth does that. If it's for cheap enough, I don't think that's the worst idea I've ever heard. Yeah, and I would think they're going to. Do that. Yeah, I would assume so. Like, it, Ken Holland doesn't seem like so unless he totally feels like you know there's a perfect person to get rid of a first for. But I, I don't. There's just no one on the rental market this to year. To trade a first, you'd have to be getting your Jason Zucker. Yeah, exactly. Like Chris Kreider's the only guy to even justify any team. I think trading a first round pick this year. But Edmonton. Is yeah, but Edmonton's not one like of them. Tampa Bay is like we're pushing all our chips in here. That's one thing. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, for Edmonton, it's just like. I don't know. I could see them looking at the set. They've been in on Pajot, but I think that price range might push them out of it a little bit. But if you get, I don't know, Tyler Ennis is someone that I think a lot of teams should be looking at from Ottawa. He's had a pretty solid year. He's in a, cheap as heck. Yeah, he does say he's in a league minimum contract, so any team is going to be able to pick him up. And the nice part about Ennis is he doesn't play a huge role, but he's on two strong years in a row now. Yep. So it's a lot more like, like you feel a lot more confident that he's going to keep up that production because it's not like he's your classic third or fourth liner on a shooting heater for one year. Blake Coleman could be like a fun little pickup too. He's he got an, he's got an extra year on his, on his deal too, and he's really cheap. Um, so if you could get you know a third or something like that, it's not a, a bunch of term, obviously, but... It's better than... It, I say it's, it's a year and a half, right? And it, he's like a legitimately good winger, so... Andre Cache might be on the move from Anaheim. I would love to see uh, say, him playing with McDavid. Yep, yeah, that's another guy that you could... It's that kind of like the undervalued, underrated, skilled forward market where it's like... Especially if they go for someone with... Like, Cache's an RFA still. That would be really nice if Edmonton yeah, could... Yeah, exactly. Something like that, I think. But it'll be interesting because, again, if they lose, say, three of their next four games and they're suddenly outside of the playoffs, you might be more hesitant to buy. And yeah. Especially if you get McDavid's not coming back until two more weeks or something like that, right? Yeah, so. exactly. Every day extra he's out could be season-changing for them, basically. Yep. Um, we're just going to keep running through the news here. We're making pretty good time, actually. We're in the 30-minute mark. Uh, Paul Maurice got an extension. Uh, I thought this was stupid. So, Jill, like... Uh, you know, Jill, yep. obviously, she works with Paul Maurice's brother. Oh, really? And it was, like, the first year I ever built a model was, like, the 16, 17 offseason. And that was back in the old days where it was, like, really trendy to be super high on Winnipeg. And, yep. like, I was super high on Winnipeg, and she told Paul Maurice's brother, and he thought that was the coolest <laughs> thing in the world. And then they ended up being good that year for the first time in forever. And that feels, like, so freaking long ago that Winnipeg was this, like, trendy up-and-coming yep. team. Because... Wow, they are so mediocre. Yes, uh, I mean they made the conference final that year, and then it was like, wow, this is the young team. Like this is they're they were way like better the than Toronto. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the, it's going to be them in Toronto in the Stanley Cup final in a year or two, and yeah. then it was like they have just, just like not even so the, the, they lost to the Stanley Cup winners last year in round one, but like they were just so mediocre all year. They've had they've been a terrible five on five team for two or three years in a row. Now. Yeah. And it's like, which is concerning because they have a lot of talent. Yeah, their forward core is still one of the better ones in the league, 
And I mean, like, so the defensive aspect, so, okay, the, the thing with Paul Maurice this year, and a lot of the mainstream was really going to bat for him, and I think a lot of that's just because they like him, and he does seem like a genuinely good dude. Like, he went on TSN Overdrive um, for an interview, and it was one of the better interviews I had actually listened to in a while. Like, I usually hate listening to hockey people do interviews because it's just the same crap all the time. But he was, like, like really good. Like, he was explaining how the extension got done, you know, like, what, what he tries to look for in the locker room. And he was joking with them because I think he, he coached Jeff O'Neill back in Carolina. Oh, actually. Yeah, in, like, 2002 or whatever. But it was, like, it was just a really well-done interview. And it's like, okay, so, like, I can see why people like him. But, like, the thing with Paul Maurice is their their metrics have been horrible this well, year. The worst part is, so, like, they've had terrible metrics and gotten great goaltending, but... They're still not even in a playoff spot with all this talent and Vesna caliber yeah. goaltending. How is that a sign that the coach is doing well with this team? Well, yeah, and then so the first defense of him will be, well, look at their defense. It's like, okay, yes, but, like, they're also just not playing well defensively either. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I think Dmitry Kulikov was, like, their number three <laughs> defense or something like defenseman, but, like, like I don't know. It's... Yeah, the SDP was talking about how they wish the Leafs decor could be, like, Winnipeg because they keep plugging along with nobody, but that is absolutely not true. This team is a dumpster fire. You you wish that the Leafs goaltending could be like Winnipeg exactly. this season, not the not the defense core. I mean, yeah, they have Morrissey. I like Morrissey, but even he has taken a bit of a step down this year because um, Dom had a really good article. Him and Truba both like really disappointed yeah. after being split up and put on the top pair separately. Um, Sammy Niku, I like him, but uh, again, he shouldn't be your second best defenseman probably. They've gotten a career year of Neil Pionk, and that's saying something when yeah. that's your blue, so that's Neil your bright Pionk. spot on the blue line. Exactly. Um, yeah, and then you have like guys like Nathan Bolu, Tucker Pullman, Lucas Spiza, Anthony Pietto, Dmitry Kulikov, of just like on a range of guys who maybe should be playing on the third pair, but like are just playing way, way too far up the lineup. Yeah, but. they essentially have five third pairing defensemen and Josh Morrissey. Yeah, and they are dealing with some injuries. Uh, Brian Little has. Hasn't played all year since he took that puck off the head, which is some scary stuff. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, Matthew Perot has been out. Um, Adam Lowry's out. Uh, they, they, you know, and that, that's the biggest one, bigger one. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like that, I just to yeah. me, uh, Paul Maurice is always someone that was like, yeah, it was trendy to pick him for a while, but then it was like also like he's never had good goaltending in his life, and you kind of wondered if that was him or just. The fact that his GM couldn't find him good goaltending ever in his life, and now he does have good goaltending, and they're completely squandering it. So I don't really agree with uh, an extension, I don't think. Yeah, it threw me for a loop looking and seeing they were out of a playoff spot, because like, I had known they've been getting shit. Like, they've not been playing good for quite some time now, like even more than just this season. But I figured, I knew they had great goaltending, so I was like, this is a classic, you extend the coach because they're in a playoff spot on a PDO heater, but they're not even in a playoff spot. No, they're not. Um, Like, even the non, like, the more fancy stats or whatever you want to call them are really low on this team, but even, like, the generics, like, their points percentage isn't good, they're getting outscored. Like, they're not... They're three points back of a playoff spot right now out of a wild card. Yeah, like, I don't see how you see any positives here. No, like... uh... You know, I, I think he got lucky because the, the Bufflin situation really gave him a free pass, clearly. Yeah. I can't wait until next year when the results are the same and everyone's still down on this team and they go, well, how could we see this coming? Maybe it is the coach's fault. Yeah, because he, yeah, he was getting, like, coach, like Jack Adams mid-season yeah. awards. Buzz. Well, if this team even comes close to the playoffs, I bet you he's, like, third on the Jack Adams yeah. ballot, which is just, I'm sorry, but no. No, like... Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I 
not I'm not entirely sure how to evaluate coaches, but this team is so talented and so bad at the same time that he must be doing something wrong. Yeah, well, it's just like this team, you could just look at them. It's like, okay, they have Connor Hellebuck's having a Vezina-level season. Maybe it's not the coach that's doing everything right. Exactly. And, like, that's how the Jack Adams always gets voted for anyways, but, like, still, I don't know. Like, I, th- I could probably name... Even just, like, if you want to try and mix in the story about how bad their blue line is, I could probably still name five better stories than that this year. Oh, 100%. Like Pittsburgh, what they've been doing. By a mile. Quenville, I think, considering he hasn't had goaltending all year, and that Florida team is still in the mix still for a playoff spot. Like, you got Cooper and Tampa plugging along. Yeah, Tampa's just been absolutely unreal. Boston, Boston has been, been insane. Keefe is a better Yeah, pick. like... And he's be the third most likely pick in his division. Yeah, it's just... I mean, like, even Vancouver, you could maybe argue, just in terms of, like, where they have been, such where the expectations were. There's just so many more. There the, the Blues. Teams. Yeah, the Blues, like, definitely. Vancouver's similar in getting bailed out by goaltending, but they have much more standing points. Yeah. Standings points, so, so they're a better pick by default then, I guess. I Yeah, I don't know. I just... It seems like something we're going to look at back on in about a year and be like, yep, um, I don't... We said this was a bad idea at the time, but it took you a year to figure that out, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have much more to say on... Paul Maurice, he seems like a good dude, but a lot of the decision, like he had like Nikolai Ehlers on the fourth line or something like that the other night. It's yeah. like that just can't. Apparently happen. they were shopping him this summer, which by the sounds of it, they saved themselves from yeah. themselves by not trading because they were actively looking for like a him for Risto style strong. Yeah, swap. which just would have been a disaster. Yeah, of a trade. So um, I got a couple more things on the list. Uh, Shea Weber is done for four to six weeks. Originally, when it came out, Nick Kiprios tweeted out that his career might be in jeopardy. Yeah, that threw me off. And he got shit roasted a lot for that, and rightfully so. Um, I, I had people come. I saw people come to his defense about, oh, you know, someone probably did have that scoop, and that's fair. But when one person gives you that scoop, you have to kind of wait and be like, hey, like maybe I don't tweet this right away. You know, like, well, that's the thing. If you're gonna get all the credit for. Oh, Scoop being positive, you deserve to be shit on if it's negative. Yeah. Like, it's, so it sucks. It doesn't mean he's you should never listen to him again or whatever, but you definitely deserve... Yeah. Like, it was just, like, one of those things where it's like, okay, yeah, like, it's it's not all your fault by any means, but it's just, like, it's one of those things where it's like... You screwed up. Yeah, exactly. You screwed up, and it's and like... it's not like Elliot reported that it was a second in the Jason Zucker trade instead of a first. Like, say yeah. the dude's career might be done. Yeah. Like, and, like, and by all accounts, it, like, people were like, well, it's not... Like, it was false. Like, his career might have been... They might have been worried about what the yeah, results were going to come back. But, like, I don't know. To me, personally, that's just something you don't tweet out until you, like, kind of have a little more info. Like, or, like, tweeting out, it's like, oh, the Shea Weber thing is not great, but, like, you know... Or, you know, saying, like, you know, they're a little concerned about his career, but there's also a possibility that the test results come back fine and he's only missing for, you know, the rest of the season or something like that, right? And, like... I just the the Habs Twitter team did him absolutely no favors either by just immediately tweeting out Shea Weber will miss four to six four to, weeks yeah. and that's it. It's like okay, that doesn't look well. Great, I'm sure but... they wanted to get the spin out yes. there to their fans to be like, God, no, he's not done for his career. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I don't. I wanted to just bring that up and that the Kiprios thing. I, I think it's just one of those things where like that's where you probably want a second source to confirm that. And like, I don't think any of the other big insiders really mention anything about that. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's not like Bob was saying the same thing. Yeah, so to me that kind of seems like someone who got a scoop from someone and wanted to try and get his name back out there and ran with it a little too early. And yeah. I don't know, like it happens. It's not the worst thing in the world, but... No, it's not like it hurt people. No, but you're, fine, you're but... just rightfully going to get 
roasted for that, right? Yeah, you screwed up on a public-facing job. You're yeah. get ripped on, so, and that's fair enough. Um, yeah. And the other thing I wanted, there's a couple more things I wanted to bring up quickly. Uh, you know, we've been kind of flying through this. There's been a lot of small things to talk about, but yeah, there's a lot of like quick hits in the news cycle this yeah. week. Um, I want to bring up Jeremy Roenick. He officially got let go by NBC um, and then tweeted out an apology, quote-unquote, video with the caption, what a joke, with three exclamation marks. It doesn't really seem like he's that sorry for what he did. No, God, um, no. I don't think... Like, it's okay. So the thing with Jeremy Roenick is whether you like him or don't like him, this would have got you fired at any job. That's if, the thing. Like, this is just a common HR... Like, if you were working at some random office job in downtown Toronto and you went on a public thing that had... Millions of your hundreds of thousands of listeners, maybe you, millions, yeah, yeah, maybe millions. And you said, Oh, yeah, I want to bang my co worker, and then named your co worker, or it's like, I want to have a threesome with my wife. You're getting fired from any job you're in, yeah, like any job that's just a common HR thing. Like, this was so ridiculously I'm not, stupid. Yeah. You can have jokes like that with your friends. Fine, like yeah, whatever. Fine, but like for the love of God, you should be smart enough not to say that publicly. Yes, and it's just like yeah, especially it's just like on such a oh, like just on such a big platform too. Yeah. It's, I don't the whole thing about it. I'm not surprised to see the fake outrage or whatever of you know all the dude bros getting mad. But we got you your back, Jr. Yeah, like yeah. that was gonna come regardless. But like yeah, if it's just a joke, it's just a joke. It's like the person he made the comments about came out and said she doesn't condone it at all. Yeah, like it would. Yeah, like, even assuming that she was okay with it, it's a problem. Yeah, and so it's so, like, 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 I don't know. To me, if he, you don't have to assassinate the dude. Like, I'm not saying he should never work in anything hockey-related again, but it's just like, you would be fired from any company. Yeah, this is how life works. Yeah, <laughs> you like, don't you, go on public forums talking about banging your coworkers. Yeah, like, you said something stupid, you're paying for it now. But it's like... Yeah. He just could have made it look so much better, too. Because like, even this apology video was like, the video was fine. It was just kind of like, I'm like I'm frustrated and disappointed that I'm not going to be allowed to work, but like I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity and thankful for all my workers or co-workers or whatever, right? But then you label it, what a joke. Yeah, like, exactly. It's like, okay, so you don't mean anything you say. You're just mad that you got punishment for what your actions are. Yeah. And the thing about JR is he was bad at his job. <laughs> he was, I'm not particularly sad. Yeah, like, and, and they moved him out of like the booth, kind of just him doing stupid things at the outdoor game, like wearing leprechaun hats or whatever, right? Like yeah. it was like, so like when that happens, it probably means that they're trying to look for something else to do because you're not good in your scenario. So don't give them a reason to fire you. Yeah, exactly. It's not like he was the NHL's Tony Romo on the no, exactly. Either. Like, like it's just one. Of, I don't. It's. It's just something that it's like, why? Like, I don't understand why. I, I'm not shocked that so many people were surprised that he got fired, but it's like, why? Oh, it was set up like, perfectly for people to be like, oh my God, the yeah, cancel, cancel culture, culture it's and like, these no. snowflakes and all that yeah. shit. It's like, Jesus Christ, I hope that you are smart enough to realize why you can't do this on a podcast that gets God knows how many views. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's I'm not surprised by the outrage. I just want to bring that up. That is, that's just a common HR firing. Yeah. Maybe he'll find his way into another spot. I'm sure know. he will be. He Cough, barstool, cough, but... I could definitely see that. He was uh, popular enough. That yeah, like, I'm sure he'll get something, but... He, he's also the dude a couple years ago called P.K. Subban a clown because he was dancing to the music and warm-ups. And so, like, that's all you really need to say about him, in my opinion, to yeah. justify that, you know, maybe his opinion doesn't matter all that much, and 
we shouldn't really care about it, but... Um, yeah, I'm definitely not sad that his voice is gone no, from I, the broadcast. I don't really care, like, no. at all, so... And I didn't watch NBC all that much either, it actually, anyways, but... So, like, I knew... Like, this was set up perfectly to be the whole, oh, cancel culture stupid or whatever thing, but it actually surprised me how many people came out of the woodwork and were so, like, defensive of them, because I... Like, I don't see any sort of appeal there. No, yeah, like, I just... I don't get it. It's just, I think... I don't know. Like, I guess the the people... So I didn't really see any big accounts come out and defend him, yeah. really. It was just more the, like, classic... But, like, say, like, O-Dog does this or whatever. Like, I'm not a big fan or whatever, but, like, he is funny. Like, I see yeah. the appeal to O-Dog. I don't even see why. It's because he called a black player a clown for dancing on the ice. And there's a lot of... Like it or not, there's a lot of people who agree with that. And, you know, I'm not... I don't think we try to make everything about race here, but, like, I don't think he would have been calling, you know... I don't know, some random guy from Sweden dancing on the, like, if it was like Daniel Sedin when he was playing, if he was head because it wasn't even dancing, he was head bobbing. Yeah. I don't think he'd be calling him a clown for dancing to warm, but I, I don't know. That's that's kind of beside the point, I think. It's one of those things you can't prove, but like yes. it happens to black players so often that it's... Yeah, well, it's just like, yeah, yeah I don't know. Like, I, I it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm sure that's not the reason, but it's just like... Like, that's kind of why, like, you just have people who just associate themselves with that kind of behavior, and it's like, that's why they were all mad, because like, oh yeah, he's got the stones to say what he's thinking, it's yeah. not Don Cherry, it's like... He says what, yeah, yeah exactly. it's like, he, he says it like it is. Yeah, it's like, no, he was just, like, just saying he doesn't want immigrants in the country, like, yeah. that. like <laughs> yeah. I don't really know how else to put it, yeah. but... Yeah. Um, uh, moving on to a little bit of brighter news, uh, Carolina Hurricanes, they'll be hosting an outdoor game next year. Don't believe the opponent has been announced, but that's kind of cool. Um, Does Carolina have the weather? Well, no. So they, I mean, they've done it in LA. Like they'll just—it's just artificial ice. Okay, that's right. So yeah. yeah, So they've done it in LA a couple times, I think now. And even some of the places they do have the outdoor games haven't even been cold enough at times. I don't think. But um, I don't know. That kind of was the one yesterday in LA or Colorado. No, I think it was in Colorado. Which also, I didn't even—we didn't even realize there was an outdoor game yesterday. I didn't realize till Thursday until a different podcast that said. I think it was Greg Wyshynski said he was down there covering it. I was like, wait, that's this weekend? Yeah, and then for those, I guess, a little inside scoop. When I got here, Alex told me the game was yesterday. Yeah. I had no freaking idea. Yeah, Um, and like I get it's not really a TV thing that they try to... Promote it's more. It's definitely more for like the people who are there, which is fine. I got it's no, a local market yeah. thing for good reason. I've got absolutely no no issue with that. And like, like I kind of I don't. I was just surprised about how little marketing there was done at all. It was also L.A. and Colorado. Yeah, it's not like it's too. But like Sportsnet yeah, had good. the rights, and maybe I just haven't watched much TV. Maybe they're plugging it on TV. But like usually, I get an ad on Twitter or something like that for it, yeah. right? Or you'd see Sportsnet tweeting about it because they have the rights. You think they'd want people to watch it? But yeah, you would think so. But it's just kind of hard when with on TV. Some of them are good. Like I don't know. I thought the the Nashville one this year was a pretty solid game like in Dallas. Um, unfortunately, the ratings were down for that, so I'm glad to see they're still okay with going to Carolina, even though the ratings were down. Yeah. Because uh, I think that I think this should be an insane atmosphere. I mean, they have tailgaters outside of That'd playoff so games for like six fun. hours. So yeah, like I think this will be a raucous atmosphere, and who it'll it'll be interesting to see if they choose like maybe Tampa or something like that, or that'd be awesome. Even like bringing Washington or something, you know, from the last year's playoffs. Or that, Pittsburgh. Yeah, like Pittsburgh. Can... That'd be fun. Like anyone like that would kind of work to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's a cool location to have it. Um, um, it'll be interesting to see who they announce as the team. I, I don't know if it's the stadium series. I'm assuming so. Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. I believe. Because I don't know who has the 
the outdoor game next year for the Winter Classic. Like but, the New Year's Day one? Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea, to be honest. 2021 Winter Classic. Was it St. Louis? You could be. Or, no, Minnesota, right? Yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota? Yeah. Yeah, because, that was just announced somewhat recently. Yeah, because right? they were talking about whether it would be St. Louis or um, Winnipeg that they'd play. Because um, okay. they, they usually announce it on the day of the game, like, that it happened. So that would have been announced on January 1st. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just want to bring that on. I thought it was seems like a pretty cool location. They have the football field there, you know, for university. So they have an easy location to play in. Um, it should be fun. To, like, I'm excited. If, like, well, obviously, it's a year away. But that that is a game I'll try to make uh, – Try to actually watch. Uh, yeah, try to at least around. see what it looks like, you know. Um, just, and as nerds, I just have a soft, soft spot for Carolina. Yeah, exactly. So it's nice to see good things happen to the Hurricanes. Yeah. They also just have, like, easy-to-work-with jerseys, in my opinion, where it's like I'm, I'm yeah. very intrigued to see what those will be. But And they're a good young team. Like, everything about it seems. Exactly. Cool. So, um, the only other thing I had for this week was Pierre Engvall signed a two-year extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs for... 1.25. 1.25. There's not much to say here. But I really liked this. I, I just thought it was a solid signing. I think for Engvall, you get a, a $2.5 million payday. So, yeah. yeah, good for you. And then for the Leafs, like, they locked up a guy who has only played 35 games but has shown that he's a... He looks like he's a third liner. Yeah, exactly. A smart bottom six guy who's also, like, pretty solid on the PK and just give you a couple minutes here and there when you need it. So Yeah, and he's one of those guys who's, like... He's not a second liner, but like you, if he's the worst player in your second line, which he's always going to be on this Leafs team, he can play there for a little while, yeah, right? He can like, hang there. Yeah, or it's like if you want to spread the depth through three lines, you know, he's not going to be the worst. He's not going to be what sinks you on the second line. Yeah, if not, he's playing with John Tavares and Mitch Marner or something like that, right? Yeah, he's kind of just like the dream depth piece. You can plug him in basically wherever. Yeah, I really didn't have much to say. I just thought this was one of the smarter ones where it's like. No, I didn't think it was a steal or anything, but I thought this was a pretty smart contract. I it was a on. bit of a steal too. Like I it would maybe think can be. I don't know. He's like, not really good enough that this is some home run no. contract or whatever. But it's a, it, he definitely won the deal, I guess. You know, yeah. small win, but like, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it, it might turn into a steal. It might not. He's played under forty NHL games so far, so it's not. It's kind of hard to like say this is definitely what he is. But. Yeah, and it's so small that there's no. Downside. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's like, the thing, there's right? only room for positives. You bear. I saw people getting mad because it's like, well, it's 500k if you bury him. It's like, okay, like that's fine. You could also yeah. probably just trade him you could somewhere. Give up. Yeah, exactly. Like, Somebody I'm sure would take future considerations for him if yeah. it turns out to be a fourth liner Ex- that you want to just bury. Exactly. Like I don't. Know. I thought. I thought this was a pretty solid and smart deal. I want to yeah. bring up. Uh, there's two more small deals I think from uh, Nicholas. I don't even know. Delorier. Delorier, yep, that's it. One million cap hit for two years, I want to say. Yeah, two years. I have zero opinions on this contract at all, especially because it's on Anaheim. Who's the dude that the Islanders signed for, like, Ross Johnson? Ross Johnson for four years. Reminded me of that one where it's like, you would no need to do this. is not a good hockey player, but, like... It's it's small enough you shouldn't be outraged, but it's still just like, this was really unnecessary. Did you see the Muslim stuff? Yeah, so Muzzin at uh, the rumor right now is, I think was it four years at five point five five point five. I'd probably be okay with it. It's risky. Like hey, Muzzin's thirty already. He is thirty older than yeah. Him and Dowdy are both way older than yeah. I than I, they are. In like my he, he turns thirty one this coming week, so like it's risky to sign him to a four year deal. Yeah, it's like it's one of those deals too where. Um, some people love it and some people hate it. So if you view, like, 
a negotiation win as. Say you take the twins like contract projection model and then you view like plus or minus what they were projected to get. This would probably be Dubas's biggest win if that's how you defined a value signing, but I don't think that would be a true value signing. No, because it's like like if they, four years you can't go over four years. Anything over four years unless you're just planning yeah. to put them on Roby to Island at the end is bad. But it's just I don't like I understand it's kind of one of the situations where like, you're screwed if you do, you're screwed if you don't. Yeah. Because it's like I think the Leafs' defense score probably isn't as bad as people say it is at times. Like, yeah. Sandine's a solid piece. I don't know. Dermot hasn't showed as much as, you know, maybe you would hope he would have showed by now. But, like, you have some okay pieces on, He's on still there. He's a great third-line yeah, guy. exactly. But it's like, if you let Muzzin walk, I don't think Sandine's ready to step into a top-four role. No. Or you shouldn't be just... He absolute, might be, but... But you shouldn't be betting on that to be the case. And then also, like... That means you need one of Hall or Dermott to also be completely ready to be a top pair guy, which, like, that is even more risky. And I like Justin Hall's game. I thought he's been playing really well. He's, like, a perfectly average defense. Yeah, he's, like, a good number four guy to have on your team. But, like, if he's playing top pair minutes, I, that's maybe not the most ideal thing I've ever no, seen. No, it's not right? a good sign. But the problem, like, Muslin's good, but he's not that good. He's fine. He's like a number two. Yeah, because like, like, yeah, he is. But like, probably that. He's like one step back away from already not being worth that five point five million. That yeah, was the problem. Well, yeah, that's the scary thing, right? It's just like he's and he's, he plays a game that just falls off a cliff too. Yeah, he's like the big physical guy who's. There's a lot of risk if yeah, they sign this contract. Exactly, but it's like you're also I don't know. It, it's so interesting to try and balance between now and in four years from now because it's like. You should be trying to go for a cup in the next year or two. Yeah, right? it's like, pretty tough. So it's like, you know, like, do you let them walk and hope that you have the internal replacements to be okay? Or do you just take the risk that he is not going to be garbage in four years? Or it's like if he is garbage, you can LTIR him or move him to some other team. Yeah, it's a really tough spot to be in. Yeah, it is. Because you don't want to be in the Chicago Blackhawks spot where in a couple of years you're getting rid of like a Kasperi Kapanen or something just to get a Jake Muzzin contract off your books. Yeah, instead of Timu Teravine and you're dumping Nick Robertson's first 50 yeah. point season or whatever to Ex- dump that contract kind of a thing. Exactly. So like you got to avoid that, but it's like like I don't know, this team this team is screwed without him right now. Just the way they're built right now. I Yeah, you can make a good faith argument he's their best defenseman. Yeah, probably. Like Maybe I still think you know Morgan Riley. I think it's like he's Riley been too, injured but... all year too. So like a healthy Morgan Riley, I think is probably still Riley. But I think it's a pretty easy argument to make. He's their best defensive defenseman oh, by yeah. about a mile. He's probably the best defensive hockey player on the team by a mile. Yeah, like maybe Tavares. <laughs> yeah, or like Hyman's good yeah. defensively, but but like yeah, like they are very they're in tough without him. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, I guess the only other Leafs news we have is Andreas Janssen. Sounds like he's pretty much done for the year. That's a pretty big blow. Yeah, that sucks. Um, as just an Ottawa guy, I wonder if Tyler Ennis is someone that the Leafs, like, a guy like, it's kind of like Edmonton where it's like, maybe if they go pick up a cheap, you know, guy for their bottom line if they need him. Um, I yeah. mean, I still like Toronto's forward depth. I don't think they need to make a move. I don't think they do either, but if they gave up a late round pick for Tyler Ennis, I think that would... We've seen Tyler Ennis in Toronto's bottom six. He yeah. does quite well. I mean, yeah, and right now, I think the Kyle Clifford addition probably helps the losing of Johnson a little bit, but like, you don't want Kyle Clifford playing on your third line. He's a fourth-line player. No. Um, but, you know, you still have Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Nylander, Kerfoot, Kapanen, Hyman. They're seven. Clifford is eight. Engvall's nine. Oh, yeah, Korshkov got called up. Yeah, Korshkov and Marchman are up, but uh, Spezza's 10, Timoshov's 11 for your normal one, so that just leaves 
one of like Korshkov, uh, Marchman, or Go- Freddy the Goat as your twelfth forward. Yeah. Which, or you like, can call it Patan too. Yeah, exactly. Just someone, something. someone like that, right? So I don't know. Like I think if you wanted playoff depth, I I still think they should be looking at the blue line, but. Adding another third pair defenseman to this team doesn't do much either. Like that's the thing; they already have plenty of third pair defensemen. Yeah, so if, if you're going to go small, I think you're better off going small up front. Probably, as yeah. To... Like, yeah, just picking up, say, uh, I don't know, like a twelve foil, like a Tyler Ennis type, where it's like you can play on your third line, and that's all you need them to do. Yeah, right? exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, that's all I got for this week. What about you? I think that's all as well. Um. Go check my stuff out at lastwordonhockey.com. Chase actually wrote something for once. For the first time in yeah, since 2017 about I saw the date. Connor McDavid uh, might be bad at defense, and that's okay. Yeah, it's been one of my pet peeves for a while that whenever like a model shows that superstars suck defensively, that everybody just assumes it means we don't have quality of competition solves, which for all I know, maybe we don't, but it is a reflex response to that. Those model outputs always pissed me off, so I kind of wrote about that. Yep. Um, and then, so you, if you want to find that, you find it at on Chase's Twitter, at CMHockey66, or you can go to hockeyandstuff.weebly.com. Is that what we named it? Yep. Um, uh, that's, uh, I don't really expect you to, I think if you just go to Chase's, it's probably the latest tweet that's there. I never tweet, so yeah. it won't be hard to find. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to check that out, go look at that. Uh, other than that, you can follow me on Twitter, at NHL Sends and stuff. I might try and have an analysis piece of some sort out this week, I don't know. It's a reading week for us, so, uh, we have the week off of school, thankfully. Uh, I'm going down to Ottawa on Tuesday to watch a game. I'll try and with get the this family? note with my girlfriend. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, so we're going down to watch them play Buffalo, which seemed like a cooler game when we bought the tickets a month and a half <laughs> ago, but I'm yeah, sure it'll yeah. be fun. Tickets were like 75 bucks for the pair, and we're in like the 200 section, so okay. pretty good price. Yeah, that's not So, bad. yeah, that should be you fun. You probably move down, too. If we want to, yeah. I don't really, I don't mind sitting in the 200 section. I said, that's like, you get to see the whole game. Like, I don't know, like, I, we sat ice level, me and... Charter, Chow, and Johnny went down. So the ones in, like, grade 12? Yeah, we went down to, like, the ACC. Uh, Through my work, I got tickets that were four rows above, and it was Ottawa-Toronto in that 2017 year, like, the conference final run for Ottawa. Yeah. And we sat, like, four rows down. It was really cool to be ice level, but it's like, you also couldn't see anything in the far corner. So it's like, I don't know, when, when when we went down... Bunch of us went down over Christmas break or, you know, between Christmas or just before Christmas. Yeah, you're making a bunch of runs to Ottawa this we sat up in the 300s, and it was cool. It was like it was far enough away, but you could see everything that was happening. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm excited for that. I'm going to try and have this podcast out tomorrow. We record it on a Sunday. I'm going to try and get it out before I leave for Ottawa. So, hopefully I can do that. But uh, family day tomorrow. So, everyone enjoy that if you're listening then, or hopefully you had a good family day. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And, as always, we will talk to you next week.